Hello, and welcome to the Pondering Theologian Podcast. I am the host, Nathaniel. I'll apologize for the inconsistency in my voice during this episode. I'm a little under the weather currently. Um, but nonetheless, I wanted to share with you some some thoughts that I've been having this, this past week. And... Uh, See what uh, what thoughts you all have on on my interpretation of these scriptures. Um, so this is all. All of this episode is kind of spawned from this idea of, of what is it that we think we're doing, and how do we go about thinking about what we're doing as Christians when we think of the way we interact with in the world. And the two main scriptures that I am pulling from are Luke 21, verses 5 through 19, and Isaiah 65, 17 through 25. And I'll read those both for you now, starting with Isaiah. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. Or behold, for behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy, and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard it in the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat, for like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the works of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. And now from Luke 21, 5 through 19. And while some were speaking off, speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, he said, as for these things that you see, these days will come where there will not be left here one stone upon the other that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will these things be? What will be the sign when these things are to be are to take place? And he said, See that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the, un the end will not come at once. Then he said to them, Nations will rise against nation, and kingdoms against kingdom. There will be great earthquake 
earthquakes, and in various places famines and pestilence, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it of your adversaries, or settle it therefore in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and siblings, and relatives and friends. And some of you will be put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. But not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. Ah, oh, friends, this week has been a long week. And in fact, this year has been a long year. From all the busyness of this world, there have been some questions floating around in my mind. Of which the first is, um, when we as Christians think of our life, what is it that comes to mind? What is it that we are meant to do? What is it that we are building towards? What are we striving for? What are we here for? You know, what is the point of this life? And I know that these are some deep questions. In part, the scriptures that I just read, uh, however, seem to be addressing these type of questions in, in some part. In fact, if you listen to the words of the gospel reading I just read, uh, you might just hear what sounds like Jesus describing a summary of the last couple of years of world history. And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first. But the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portions and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will go, or they will hand you over to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. All of these things will happen, but the end will not follow immediately. Now, the last several years, we have had plagues and earthquakes even insurrections and, and, and this just this last year we have seen how many nations move against nations you know uh, Russia and uh, Ukraine is the first one that comes to mind but there are still other movements out there there is in fact a lot going on in this world that seems just way too chaotic and it would seem to me that this is a constant reminder that we ought to look at ourselves every now and again and see what we are doing. And when we think of the church, and I mean the broader church now, uh, just think, uh, not, you know, not just your community of faith, uh, how often do you see the church that instead of being a house of worship, 
alive with activity is actually more or less a mausoleum. You know, simply a monument representing something and filled with people who are not living the light and love of Christ. You know, think of how often Christians embrace change. You know, think of where you worship. You know, what do you do every week, every month, every season? Do you do the same thing, more or less? Does it only change when there is no other option? Do you have the same people doing the same thing? Even though the congregation might look different, every church, whether predominantly young, old, balanced, black, Hispanic, white, or blended, or any other uh, combination you want to think of, whatever the case, the church needs to be alive and at work in the wider community. Now, this might seem obvious. This is something that is talked about sort of regularly in the church, uh, Christian radio, media. I wonder, however, how often do we think about how we are actually participating in that action-based faith? How much of what we do in the church do we identify as a Christian thing to do, or we think of ourselves as Christian, but when it comes to going out into the world and being Christ-like, you know, you know what the name Christian means, it looks like very little action other than what it is that we want or deem important. Part of being a Christian is that right up to the point of death, to the point of moving from this life to the next, is living out an action-based faith. I am fortunate enough to have regular conversations with a Muslim gentleman. They trust me enough to be honest and share their perspective on, on things of their faith. And this week we were talking about the issues that we face in our different communities. And they shared that their perspective had recently been uh, opened up a bit or changed uh, by someone's ex explanation of how we're called to live. The person, um, speaking to my friend, had asked the question, what is it that a fetus does in the womb? They went on to say, the simple truth is they do everything that they need to in order to be ready for this life. The body grows, their faculties grow. It literally lives every day in preparation for the next life, the life outside of the womb. For us in this life, for those of us who are on earth today, we are in the same situation. Granted, we have different complexities and situations to sort through every day. We also have more choice, which is not always beneficial. We are in fact living this life, living in a womb, the womb of this earth, this reality growing for the next. The infant does not take anything with it from the, from the womb. It comes out into this life bloody, naked, and crying, and that is how we will exit this life. But just as the baby went from the life it knew into the next, so shall we. But how are you preparing for that? Are you developing? Are you growing? 
Are you living every second of this life, making sure that you are, in fact, where you need to be and doing what you need to? The fetus has little choice. You, however, have choice. Choice to do what is needed to be Christ-like, to be Christian. There was a church in Thessaloniki. Um, Paul spent a good deal of time there and even wrote two letters to it, which we see in our New Testament um, while he was ministering across the ancient world. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, he wrote the following. Now we commend you, siblings, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any sibling who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. For you yourself know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat everyone's bread without paying for it, but with toil and labor we worked night and day, that we might not burden be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let them not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busybodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. As for you siblings, do not grow weary in doing good. Now, some might take this as admonishment to anyone who cannot work and apply it to getting, uh, going and getting a job, and that's simply not what this means. The point of this section of scripture is that when we grow idle, when we do not go out into the world, however near or far that is, and be Christ-like to the world, to our community of faith, to the wider community around us, however small or large, we fall out of that moniker of Christ-like to the world. This is not always a grand thing, but being out and living the statement to preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. I asked at uh, the beginning of the podcast, uh, what is our purpose? What is the point of this life? And there are multiple answers for each of you listening. There is a personal answer to that question. More widely for the Christian and for churches, uh, the broader answer is that we are here to grow the family of believers through our actions. We are here to grow and prepare for the next life. So the question for you today, as you get ready to go out into the world, to work, shopping, to your yard, to your family, wherever you find yourself, consider how are you growing today and how are you preparing for the next life? You know, I'm recording this um, after the midterm elections here in the United States and lots of people are caught up in all the busyness of this, but it does not matter in the grand scheme of life who you voted for on Tuesday, nor does it matter if you voted. What matters is if you grew and continue to press forward towards the next life. It does not matter where you go to church, as long as you participate in making it a vibrant member of the community to show the love of God. 
does not matter if you have a Christmas pageant, Lenten service, or even a regular church service. If you are living a life that leaves a wake of Christ-like love and community where you go, the church, before it became what it is today, was simply a community that cared for all those around it, who made sure everyone was fed, made sure they had shelter, made sure they were cared for. It was a community that was alive with Christ-like love and Christ-like action. The further challenge for you all today is to ask yourself, really ask yourself, where are you outliving that Christian life? Where are you taking Christ-like love to the community? And a Sunday service doesn't count. Where are you living into that call to take Christ to the ends of the earth? Um, I always find it interesting when I'm out and about helping fill up a pulpit on a Sunday for a church that is without a minister or a minister that's uh, on a sabbatical or something, uh, to look at the number of people that live in that area. The place I was at this past Sunday they have just under 2,500 people in the village and there is roughly 30 people in the church on a Sunday and the number is very starkly different of how many people are in that church versus how many people are in that community but I asked them you know how are you this church bring the light of Christ to this community, to all those people. And, and the startling reality for some people is that it doesn't take money to do. That doesn't take affluence. That doesn't take a lot of things. And it does not mean you have to convert the people of the community or even bring them into the church building to show them the love of Christ, to be the light of Christ in the world. All that requires is some action, participation, and going outside the doors of the church. So where are you living that Christ-like example in your community? Where are you being like the, old, uh, the, 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 the church of the New Testament, living that Christ-like example in your community? Is your church just a building where some people go? Or is it the light of Christ outside the doors? And as always, don't wait till tomorrow to ponder the question and don't dismiss it. How you prepare in this life up to the moment you leave it will affect the next. I'm going to call it there for today. <clears throat> um, as always, I'd love to hear what your thoughts on this episode are. What are your thoughts on the scriptures, on what I've said? As well as I'd love to hear of anything you've thought of previous episodes or something you'd like to hear in a future episode. Down in the show notes is all the contact for the podcast. You can reach out on social media, go over to our website, and comment on an episode over there, or you can send me, pardon me, you can send me an email. As always, I hope that you are doing well. Know that God loves you so very much, and there is nothing that you 
or anyone else can do about it. We'll see you in the next episode.